Jesus said, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And usually when we're reading scripture, that's the end of the chapter. So we just stop there and pick up the next day and keep reading. But I want to make a connection real quick right here between these two chapters, end of five, beginning of six. Be perfect. And then Jesus says in 6.1, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Right away, you feel the tension of be perfect and be careful. You might even know why you need to be careful already, but I'll still talk about it anyway today. So be perfect, starting with that. Be perfect is both uh, discouraging and wonderful. It's discouraging because it is something we cannot achieve on our own. No effort, no self-discipline, no learning will get us to that perfect place that God expects. So it's discouraging. But at the same time, it's wonderful. And it's wonderful because Jesus is giving us this highest compliment. You can be perfect. I have made you perfect. Now you can go live it. Go be it. Do it. So it's this wonderful thing that we have the opportunity and privilege to be a part of. And so just as we find that out and say, Woohoo! I am perfect, then something comes alive in my heart and I need to be careful. Well, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches us about the divine life, how we live out this perfect that he calls us to. And he gives us the Beatitudes, these blessed are statements. And these Beatitudes are a progression. They move first inwardly and take us on an inward journey. And then we move back out on an outward journey. And in these Beatitudes, it's like this spiritual map that Jesus is giving to us. It's a map of how we first come to God, and then it's a map for every day how we live this divine life. So it begins, of course, with this acknowledgement, this beginning in the Beatitudes inward journey. The beginning is, blessed are the poor in spirit. We begin with this acknowledgement this awareness, this understanding, this reality, that when we come to God, God has this perfect standard that we cannot meet. We come to God and, and we are poor in spirit. We cannot bring anything to him. And so we come with that, that sense of poor in spirit and we have open hands representing God. We have nothing to give. And we have open hands that we only can receive. And then we take the next step of blessed are those who mourn. And we mourn. We mourn this separation that we have with God. We have this desire for connection with God, but we mourn that there's a separation. And even more, we mourn our own contribution in our selfishness and our sin that we create more separation from God. And so we mourn. And once again, here in this morning, we repent and we receive forgiveness. See how this inward journey is going as we get to the meek. Blessed are the meek. And the meek are those who have received from God 
all this good stuff. We've received from God forgiveness for sins. We've received from God this new spiritual life. We've received from God citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. We've received from God adoption. We've received all this from God, and now we are meek because we don't just grab it and take it and run, but instead we apply it to do God's purposes. To be meek is to restrict yourself, like to hold back in some ways using that power that's been given to you. Not taking it, using it for yourself, but holding it back and then doing the more. The things that God calls us to do, the good things, the righteous things. So we are both restricted and we are freed to do more. And then we come to the end of the inward journey. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because at this point, it has moved deep inside of us that the divine life is now alive and active and moving and is hungering to do God's good work, to do righteousness. It's a hunger that's in us, and it motivates us, it compels us, and it moves us. We now delight in pleasing God. You know, before we think about the law, the law is like this thing that puts limits on us and restrains us. Well, now Jesus is like, no, you're, you're above that because now you delight for good, not just to not do bad. So that's the inward journey the Beatitudes take us on and then takes us outward in this outward journey that we work in ourselves with God and now we move toward others. Blessed are the merciful. Having received all this from God, having received God's mercy, we now turn out and are able to give mercy. We freely give what we've received because we can acknowledge that. And blessed are the poor in heart, pure in heart. The pure in heart are those who have gone through this journey with God that has purified the selfishness, the sinful nature, the self-aggrandizement. It's been purified And now, when we come to God, that has stepped aside so that we are able to not just focus on ourselves, but we are able to see others. In fact, we are able to will the good of others. We are able to even do that for our enemy. Then we move outward to being peacemakers, that we are God's agents. We are God's people in this world to do his good, We are his to do the righteousness, to bring heaven here. So we are God's peacemakers, and we move out into the world to bring God's love, to restrict evil, to bring more of heaven here to earth. And then finally, in the outward journey, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness. And we get to this final result that nothing can stop us. Nothing can stop us. This divine life is now alive and acting, doing good, seeking righteousness, hungering and thirsting for it. It is now moving to shine God's light out, and nothing can stop us. Nothing can discourage us or dissuade us or prevent us or distract us because we are now moving with the divine life to bring God's kingdom here. So that's the movement of the Beatitudes. And this progression, participation in it, is what 
perfects us and perfects the divine life in us. Of course, it is the beginning thing that we come to God first and acknowledge our poverty and move through that. But then it is our life every day to keep living the Beatitudes, to keep following that map and to keep expanding the divine life in our own life. So that heaven is brought more here. All right, let's consider one of Jesus' examples in daily life, how this works out. Jesus said, if anyone forces you to carry um, their stuff for a mile, go with them a second mile. And this is an example from, you know, a nation, and it was really specific to Rome and Israel, that they had a law that any soldier could say to a citizen, hey, carry my stuff for me. And the citizen was required by law to pick it up and carry it one mile. The law also protected the citizen, that the, the soldier could not abuse the citizen by making them carry it on forever. So the law was working both ways, to help the soldier, to not abuse the citizen. Now, you might be thinking already in your own mind, what are our own examples of where the government demands something of us? And I don't always want to do it. Or you might be thinking, my job demands something of me, and it feels like an insult, but I still have to do it. Or your family, or your friends, or your neighbor. I said I wouldn't say this joke, but perhaps your government says, can we park our diggers on your street for one month? And we say, sure, take two, or three. If you're not in the room, there's diggers parked out in our... Street for months. All right. Not that I'm there. Sorry, Jesus. But what is that thing that is being demanded of you? And you feel insulted by it. You don't want to do it. You can think about that. And as you think about that, what is your response? What is your attitude toward doing that thing? Well, here's the normal attitude. Soldier says, hey, carry my stuff. And you're like, oh, fine. My goodness, it's the third time this week. Fine, I'll carry this thing for you. Man, you'd think Rome would, like, figure out a system to track how many times. Oh, oh my back. You've got to be kidding me. This is terrible. Right? That is the normal response to doing something. Complain, insult back, just as much as you can without actually getting in trouble, right? And what does Jesus say? What is the example for his followers when he says, go the second mile? From this beatitude's place, you've received everything from God. Now you can go and do more. So Jesus' follower, hey, can you carry my box? And uh, Jesus' follower is like, oh, sure, no problem, I got it. All right, good. Whew, this, this is heavy. I understand why the government wants us to help you. This makes sense. Whew. Hey, my name's Tim. You know, what's your name? Whew. Man. Yeah, how long have you been a soldier? Wow. Is it hard? Yeah. Oh, man, a mile's up? Well, I'll go a second. It'll be all right. Here, let me do it for you. You don't want to bother somebody else. I know they'll just complain. Right? Like, a different attitude. And if you're the soldier, how do you feel? 
When the first person carries your box, how do you feel? Awful. Insulted back. Feel like you're part of a terrible system. Yuck. But then when the Jesus follower comes and takes it a second mile and does all that, how do you feel? Maybe you feel like a human. You have some dignity that this person treats you like a, another person, not as an insult. Well, you can see those two different examples playing out, right? Jesus inviting us to live this beatitude life. And to live the beatitude life is both to restrict something, and we need God's help to restrict the anger, the insult, the, all that goes with that. And we need God's help to go the extra mile, to do the more, to be freed to do the more. We need God's help in that. So if you think about it, you could just think, how would you carry a box if Jesus asked you to carry a box? Right? Like you could think in life, okay, I'm going to treat people like I would treat Jesus himself. So Jesus says, hey, can you carry this box for me? You're like, oh, oh my goodness, Jesus, are you kidding me? Wait, what, whatever happened to your burden is light, Jesus? This is ridiculous. Don't you like have a whole heaven full of angels who could carry this box for you? Oh, Jesus, this is terrible. Is that how you respond? <sighs> Jesus said, be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. A little earlier, he said, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your, God, your Father in heaven. You know, when you are shining out the goodness, when you are doing the second mile, the more, with a free, giving, generous attitude, having received everything from God, now you're like freely just giving it to the person or to the government, to your neighbor. You're shining your light out. And it is a wonderful, delightful privilege to be God's people, to be his children, who get to represent God on earth doing good, bringing righteousness. And then Jesus says, be careful. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. <laughs> At first glance, these things seem to be intention. They don't seem to go together. One, Jesus is like, let your light shine. And then he's like, oh, <laughs> go and hide in a room and pray by yourself in secret. How do these things go together? What's going on? Well, it seems that Jesus is addressing two different temptations. When he says, be careful, two things we need to be careful about. And this guy, A.B. Bruce, wrote this, and he sums it up well, I think. When he says, show when tempted to hide, and hide when tempted to show. So when you're tempted to hide something, Show it. And when you're tempted to show something, hide it. 
So the temptation with the divine life in us, this stupendous, awesome thing that we are the children of God, sometimes we actually want to hide that. I don't know about you, but when I drive around in the church van, I don't want the Platt Park Church sticker on it. I kind of want to hide that, keep that on the down low, that it's a church van, so I can drive any way I want. Or other things where you are tempted to keep your light in. Jesus said, don't, you don't cover the light. You shine your light. But the temptation is there to hide the light, to hide the divine life. So he says, when the temptation is to hide, show, shine your light. But then there's the opposite temptation to show and to show off. Right? This is a different temptation. This is where the temptation moves internally to motives and desires and what I'm seeking and how I let my selfish self get back in top. And the beatitude process has broken down. You know, again, you can think about carrying a box, you know, and if you are in Christian churchy circles, you're like asked to carry the box for the soldier, you're like, oh, yeah. No problem, I got this for you. Yeah, just the fourth time this week for me, but uh, I got it. Oh, it's good. Oh, hey, buddy, good to see you. Yep, yep, walking this may second mile already. Probably going to go for a third. Yeah, oh, yeah, see you later. Oh, yeah, yeah, fourth time this week, but I mean, falling behind to work, but, you know, got to do God's work. <laughs> right? Like, you know you can do the activities and say the right words, but underneath, what do you want? You want people to notice you. You want to shine for yourself. And so this is a shining for yourself, not shining for God. So when the temptation is to hide, show. And when the temptation is to show, hide. Jesus gives us the Beatitudes as this spiritual map. It's the way that we come to God for the first time and then every day of our life. It's this map of how we live the divine life. And it, this is the way that we are the children of God. But what happens is that we start out this way, coming to God in poverty of spirit and mourning. And then we get pretty confident and we leave behind the beatitude map to pick up a different map. So here are some beatitude map replacements. Maybe you'd pick up the prietitudes. Pretty creative, huh? You know, where you're like, hey, everybody, yep, got this pretty good. Look at me. Or maybe you pick up the... Um, I got this attitudes, you know, like Jesus, he helped you get started, but you're like, oh, Jesus, now I got this. Don't worry. My own strength now. I know stuff. My effort will be good. Or maybe it's the uh, fakeitudes. There was this beatitude life that got started in you and grew, and the divine life was there and happening, and then you've stepped away. And now, 
You're just faking it. You know all the right words. You know all the right things to do. And you're just faking it. And there's nothing inside anymore. Or the you fill in the blanketudes. What is the way in which you have picked up a different map <laughs> to follow God, to live as a child of God in this world? Fill in the blank. You know, Jesus says, be perfect. By following me through these beatitudes every day, coming through this process, an inward journey and then an outward journey. Don't let it stop at the inward. Don't make it about the outward. Do both. Do the whole. And then he says, be careful. You know, be careful not to go to another map. You know, when you're tempted to blow a horn to get attention for yourself, let that be a, a little bit of a, a warning flag of, ooh, I, I might need to hide for a little bit so that I can get right with God, so that I can shine properly again. You know, and when you're tempted to hide in the divine life, you don't want people to know, that's the opportunity to be like, ah, little flag goes up, yes, show. God wants me to shine. I want to finish by us in just a moment, standing and praying together and by reading the Lord's Prayer, the, the, the model prayer that Jesus gave us to pray. And I actually want us to pause three times at the first word because it's very important. So that's what we're going to do. If you'd like to, please stand up, and we'll have the words on the screen. We're just going to begin first by saying the first word together. Ready? Our. We are here together in this room. Our. Say it again. Our. Each of us belongs to God. Say it again. Our. You're not alone. Now let's read together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have given our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, we come to you with nothing to offer but ourselves to be receivers from you. We receive, and then we get the great privilege of going out to be your people who get to spread your love, share your goodness, make things right here on earth, and bring heaven here. I pray that you would give us your grace and strength and courage and audacity to follow you in that. I pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.